Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, August 4th, and you're tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir. I was looking at the clock and we are running a little late. It is 7.04, actually. But again, if you're a new listener, I'd like to welcome you to our weekly live call-in program. And if you are either regular or a new listener, Parents of Prodigals Podcast is a weekly live call-in show dedicated to ministering to the needs of parents of unsaved and backslidden sons and daughters. We minister to you. Moms and dads, caretakers. Some of you are caretakers and parents of teenage children who no longer have any interest in the things of God. Maybe they used to come to church and maybe they have no interest in the things of God. Maybe at one time they were coming to church faithfully and were actively involved, but peer pressure and other factors lured them away from the faith. Others are parents or caretakers, perhaps, of adult children. Adult children. You may be the parent of a son or daughter who is an adult living away from home. They are involved in their own lives. They're doing their own thing. They are involved in pursuing money or finances, whatever it may be. But they're going about their lives and they have forgotten about the Lord. Maybe they believe there's plenty of time to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they have no interest in the things of God. And so we as caretakers and parents pray for them, lift them up through petition, prayer, intercession, and supplication. We call on the Lord. We pray that the Lord touch their hearts, whether they're teenagers or adults. And we ask the Lord to save them, deliver them from whatever it is they are involved with. During this one-hour live call-in program, we invite you, the listener, to share your burdens, what's weighing your heart down with your prodigal son and daughter. Maybe you have an insight you'd like to share, a prayer request you'd like to unite with us in prayer with you, or even a testimony, perhaps your son and daughter has come to know the Lord, recommitted their life to Christ. We'd love to hear your testimony. Your testimony can be a blessing and an encouragement to other parents of prodigal sons and daughters who need to hear your testimony. There is always hope. No child is too far away. No son or daughter. No heart is too hard. No mind is too closed that the Holy Spirit cannot break the chains. 
And as always in our podcasts, I always say this, I've said this in previous programs, and I'll say it again. We are living in the last seconds, the last moments, not the last days, but the last seconds. Christ can come. The rapture could take place at any moment. It could happen tonight. And we want our sons and daughters to be ready, to be raptured, harpazoed, taken up in the clouds with us. When we read biblical prophecy, we see very clearly in the word of God that following the rapture, there's going to be a seven-year period of time known as the Great Tribulation, where a wicked world leader, the Antichrist, will take over, deceiving multitudes into receiving his evil mark in a trinity of evil, Satan, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. This period of time will be a time of judgments that God will pour out on the earth. We do not want our sons and daughters here for that. So we pray for their salvation, that God deliver them from whatever it is they are in bondage to. So let's begin our time together, our podcast, with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name, Lord. We ask you to cleanse us from any sin, anything that's been displeasing to you, Lord God, that hinders our prayers, but more than that, gets in the way of our fellowship with you. We want to be close to you. We want to have an intimate relationship with you. We want nothing to hinder our walk with you. And so we ask that you cleanse us from our sins, Lord. Forgive us if you've said anything, done anything, had any thought, behaved in any manner that's been displeasing in your sight and been unworthy of our calling as your children. Forgive us, Lord. Make us clean in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, we always begin after our prayer with a short devotion. And we always tie in our devotions to the topic of prodigalism. We'd like to make sure that the devotionals that we give are Bible-based with sound doctrine and are always tied in to the issues we're facing regarding our prodigal sons and daughters. We're going to be taking our text for tonight's devotion from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. The title of this devotional that I'm sharing with you tonight is The Way That Seems Right. The Way That Seems Right. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. I'll be reading from several versions, starting with the New King James. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Then another version Phrases it like this, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. The New Living Translation puts it another way. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. My wife and I reside in Monticello, New York. 
and we have been in our home for several years. And directly in front of our home, there is a long stretch of road. It begins all the way at one end at the main thoroughfare, Broadway in Monticello. And for approximately two miles from Broadway, it stretches until it reaches a curve in the road, about two miles up. But in that two-mile stretch, it is completely straight. There are, are slight bends, but for the most part, the road is straight, it's smooth, and many, many times we will be sitting in our living room or perhaps in our front porch, and we will see drivers. Many times, unfortunately, they're young drivers. We can see them in the driver's seat as they speed by. And they see that the road is completely straight and level for about two miles. And many, many times these drivers will drive at excessive speeds way past the recommended speed limit. The signs that are there posted for the speed limit are there for a reason. So drivers are not endangered, most of the time endangering themselves by driving at excessive speeds. And so they make that turn off Broadway onto our rural road and drive for approximately two miles, speeding up the road. And because the road is completely straight and completely level, they want to drive at excessive speeds. Sometimes these drivers, they drive at these speeds because they want to test the ability of the car. They want to see just how fast the car can go. Some cars can go from zero to 80 in a matter of seconds, depending on the type of car it is. But many times, again, these drivers will want to see just how far they can push their car and what their car is capable of doing. Other times, some of these drivers want to test their own driving skills. They want to test their ability to maintain control of the car. We've read many times seen in the news many instances where there have been terrible car accidents and many times these accidents are caused by excessive speeds and so very often these drivers will call in will drive and they will want to test their ability to see if they can maintain control of their vehicle some drivers just want to rush they like the rush of going at excessive speeds. And so they throw caution to the wind and speed up the road. However, at the end of this approximately two mile road, there's a curve. Sometimes the drivers of these vehicles are aware of the curve and they wanna see if they can make that turn at the last second, testing their ability. There are other occasions when the drivers may not be aware of the curve and it may catch them off guard. To this day, thank God we have not heard of any accidents taking place on this road. Many times my wife and I will sit in our living room and we'll see and hear cars racing up this road. And sometimes we'll hold our breath, hoping that we don't hear the sounds of an accident taking place. You know, along 
with our text for today. There is another verse that's similar in nature. Proverbs 21.2 says, Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. And to understand this particular verse and how it relates to what we're speaking about when it comes to our prodigal sons and daughters, I feel that we should understand fully what this verse means so we can understand how it applies to our prodigal sons and daughters. The first part of this verse, there is a way which seems right unto a man. The Hebrew word for way is derek, derek. And that word means a road or a journey or a manner of living. That word way, with regards to the kind of word it is, grammatically is a noun. But more often in Hebrew, it's an adverb. It describes the way and the manner someone lives their life or wants to live their life. There is a way, a derek. There is a manner of living. There is a journey. There is a road that seems right to a man. And the second part of that verse mentions that seems right. There is a way that seems right. And that phrase is yashra, yashra. And that phrase yashra means something that is straight or appears to be safe. It's pleasing to the eye. It's laid out smoothly. So there is a road or a journey or a manner of living that appears to be pleasing to the eye. It appears to be straight and safe. The third part of that verse, there is a way that seems right unto a man. And that Hebrew word is panim, panim. And that word is may seem like a trite word, but where it's placed in this verse is very important. The word unto, there is a way that seems right unto a man. And that word unto, panim, in the Hebrew means to have right in your face. When it's used of agriculture in the Hebrew, it means right on the surface. You can't see beneath the surface, but it's right on top of the surface. That's about as far as your sight could go. And finally, the word death is at the end. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is death. And that word in Hebrew is maveth. Maveth. It has three meanings, actually. The first is physical. Death coming from either natural causes or violent causes. And the second definition of the word death in Hebrew, maveth, is sheol. That is the place of the dead, the abode of the dead. Where unsaved people who have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, when they die, will go until the time comes will Christ will call them and they'll stand before the judgment. Sheol, the place, the abode of the dead, a terrible place of eternal separation from God, but not the final place of torment, which is much worse, but bad enough for sure. And the third definition of death, Maveth in the Hebrew, is a figurative meaning. It means to come to ruin, pestilence, disease, <clears throat> to be diseased and come to ruin. And so when we see this verse in its entirety, we see clearly that there is a road, there is a journey, there is a manner of living 
that appears to be safe and pleasurable right on the surface, that is. But the end result, at the end of this road that appears to be straight and level, is death. Physical and spiritual and death that brings a soul to ruin. When we think about our prodigal sons and daughters, our loved ones, we do not want them to face this death. But there seems a way that's right to them. Sometimes they feel that they have plenty of time to accept Christ. There is no need to hurry. They can wait. And so they procrastinate. They may know the gospel, they may hear the gospel, but they feel that there is time and there is no rush to accept Christ. Other times, the way that seems right could be even religion. I mentioned in a previous podcast, you can be a prodigal in church. You can develop the sense of safety that your parents are saved, and so perhaps it'll rub off on you. You can get to heaven on their coattails, or perhaps... You've never repented of your sins, confessing that you're a sinner and surrendering your life fully to Christ. You may come to church and you may perhaps be active in the church, a steady participant and a steady attendee, but you have never taken that step of accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. I also mentioned in a previous podcast that many people have never fully surrendered their lives to Christ. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. One common phrase that we all hear many times is when people say they are a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. And they use that phrase and expression as an excuse to indulge in an an ungodly lifestyle. Well, they may be a work in progress, but who's the one that's working on you? Is it the Lord? Or is it the enemy? There is a way that seems right on the surface. It may appear to be the right way, but the end of it is death. You know, that particular phrase, going back to it, that seems right is yeshra, as we had mentioned. But it also has another definition. It means righteousness. There is a way that seems righteous to many people. You may read your Bible, you may be praying, you may fast, you may come to church consistently, but you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, confessing your sins, admitting you're a sinner, and surrendering your life to him. There is a way that seems right, yeah, sure, it seems righteous, it seems okay. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters are involved in Eastern religions, meditation, whatever it may be, our prodigal sons and daughters may be involved in a particular path that appears to be right, but the end of it is death. And so we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters that the enemy takes his hands off them. We warfare in prayer for our prodigal sons and daughters that this so-called way that appears right It's revealed to them that they are on the path that leads to eternal damnation. The path that seems right to them is actually the path leading to 
a Christless grave. And so we lift up our prodigal sons and daughters, thinking about this devotion, knowing that perhaps they are involved in a way that seems right to them. And if you are the parent or caretaker of a prodigal son and daughter, think, what road is your prodigal son and daughter in? What road are they taking right now that seems right to them? And lift them up in prayer and petition the Lord that their eyes would be open to realize that this path that they feel is right is actually the path that leads to eternal destruction and damnation. I hope this devotional meant something to you. It meant something to me as I was reading the scriptures today. And I saw this. I thought of my own daughter. I myself am right along with you. I am the parent of a prodigal son and daughter, neither of which have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. My daughter is involved in Eastern religions. She is on a path that seems right to her on the surface, but the end of it is death. And so I always ask that the Lord open up her eyes to the falsehood of the religious practices that she's involved with. We touch and agree for our prodigal sons and daughters. Think of what your prodigal son and daughter is following. It could be a philosophy. It could be a way of life. It could be a religion that they're involved with. Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, maybe any other religious belief that they're involved with. It seems right to them. They seem and they feel righteous, but it leads to death. I pray that this devotion was a blessing to you, as well as an eye-opener, and will spur you on to pray for your prodigal sons and daughters. Many times our prayers are ambiguous and vague. We need to make our prayers specific. Aim for the particular target in prayer. In this case, ask that the Lord deliver your prodigal son and daughter from whatever it is that they're involved with, whatever religion, philosophy, way of life, or belief system that is keeping them from the truth that will set them free. Well, our lines are open. We would love to hear from you. If you'd like to call in and share, we would love to hear what your thoughts are. If you want to share a testimony, what the Lord has done for you, maybe you'd like to share an insight on what we've discussed so far, or perhaps you have a prayer request. And so we do have somebody who would like to chime in. Rose, we have Rose here. So let's bring Rose into our podcast. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, Sister Rose. I have two older sons um, from a prior marriage. They're 43 and 42 years old. Um, the firstborn, they, well, when they were younger, they went to church with me. They accepted the Lord. They got baptized back then mm. immersed in water. Um, but after that, in their teenage years, they didn't follow. Mm. And now that they're both grown men, um, 
the first one, he's he's just living uh, a crazy, crazy life. Hmm. Um, the second one is following the Catholic religion because of his wife and his wife's family. Hmm. So, but my heartache is for really more for well, both of them, but the firstborn. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. He um he jumps from woman to woman, seeking satisfaction in that, and he has a ten year old daughter that sees that, and that's that's very heartbreaking for me. Mm. Wow. Well, again, we don't want to breach confidentiality. If you don't want to reveal their names, we will not ask you for their names, but we will touch and agree for both of them. I said our prayers have to be specific, so we are going to lift each one up in prayer. Now, you mentioned the second one is involved in the Catholic faith? Correct. Okay. Is he a staunchly practicing Catholic? Yes. Okay. Right. Um have either one of them heard the gospel and what is their response to it? Um, well, my second son, he um, he does call me and talk to me about what he's heard at the church and he questions sometimes. Right. Um, which, you know, I, I, I gear him the right way. Mm. But, you know, he's very like, I don't know what's sidelined in in the fact that he's following that religion i'm i'm thankful because as a leader of his home he leads his his children into prayer right and they they're always i mean their prayers are you know ritual prayers but of course they're at least they're following that kind of pattern and he's he's showing that example to them and your first son, has he heard the gospel and what's his response to it? He, um, he's kind of closed off to it. Okay. Right now. Okay. Well, Rose, we're going to lift up both your sons in prayer. My wife, Nicole, is here with me now in the background, mm-hmm. but we're going to pray for both of them right now. Okay. Yes. Father, yes. Father in heaven, we just... Thank you, Lord God, for this woman of God, this faithful woman of God. And Lord, you see that she has a burden for her two sons, Lord. Both her sons are prodigals, strayed from the faith, Lord God. Neither one has accepted you as their Lord and Savior. And so we lift them up individually, Lord God. The very hairs of our head are numbered, Lord, so you see each of us as an individual. We lift up the first son, Heavenly Father. Lord, you see exactly where he is, what he's doing, who he's with, what his thoughts are. Nothing is closed off from you, Lord. We lift him up in prayer right now, Heavenly Father. Lord, he is indulging himself in an ungodly and worldly lifestyle. He may believe that he's satisfied, Lord. There is a way that seems right, but the end of it is death. And Lord, it's a scary thing, a very scary thing, Lord, to say, do what it takes to save our children. But you know what it takes. Some of our children may come to you at the hearing of a message. Others have to be knocked off the horse, like Paul. 
And so we ask you right now in this first son's life, Heavenly Father, that you do what it takes, Lord God. Do what it takes to bring him to the foot of the cross, Heavenly Father. Open up his eyes to the truth of the gospel. Let somebody bring him the gospel, Lord God, again and again. He may have heard it, but Lord, continue to badger him, Lord God. It may be a co-worker. It may be a neighbor. It may be a friend who gets saved. It may be a Christian song that he hears. Maybe someone will be given a track and he'll read it, Lord God. Whatever it takes, do whatever you need to do, Lord Jesus, to bring him to you, Lord God. Break down stubborn resistance. Open the closed yeah. mind. Open the closed heart. Open the closed eyes, Lord God. Yeah. But we not only petition and pray, Lord God, but we go into warfare right now for him, Heavenly Father. The enemy has him bound in the same way that Abraham entered the enemy camp to rescue Lot. We enter the enemy's camp right now, Lord God. This first son is in bondage. We are all Abrahams. Send an army of angels, Lord God, into the enemy camp. To free this first son, Lord God. We proclaim deliverance and freedom, Lord God. We don't know when it's going to happen. It may happen tonight. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen next year. We don't know, Lord God. But you know what it takes. You know when it will happen. You know exactly what needs to happen in his heart and mind. Break the stubborn self-will. Deliver him, Lord God. Save his soul so that he gets raptured with his mother, Lord God. Harpazo, taken up into the clouds, Lord God. Save this young man. We proclaim it. We call it into being, Lord God. Yeah. We leave it up to you, Lord. You know what to do. You know when to do it. You know how to do it. Yeah. We lift up the second son, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Your word says that many people have a form of godliness but deny the power of. Yeah. But we thank you that this young man is has an interest in the things of God, Lord. But many people are interested in the things of God, but have never surrendered their life to you. So, Lord, we pray, we commit him into your hands that you open up his eyes to the gospel of truth, Lord God. Help him to see that there is salvation in no other except you, not the Virgin Mary, not the Pope, not the Mass, not the confessional booth, Lord God. There is salvation in no other, for there is no other name in heaven above or earth below where we can be saved. You are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. Not the Pope, not the priest, not the cardinal, not the bishop, not the archbishop. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray that you open up this young man's eyes, Lord God, to the truth of the gospel and put him on the narrow path that leads to eternal life. We also proclaim deliverance and freedom for this young man, Lord God. Open up both their eyes, both of these sons, Lord God, to the truth of the gospel. Salvation is theirs. Holy Spirit, work in both their hearts. One is hardened and involved in pleasures of the world, and the other is involved in the Catholic Church. Lord, Holy Spirit, do what needs to be done the way it needs to be done, and the time and the place is yours, Lord God. We pray for this mother, Lord God. Give her sweet sleep, Father. I know what it's like to be a parent of a prodigal, to lose sleep, to worry, Lord God. And I just commit her. We just commit her into your hands that you encourage her, strengthen her, give her a strong sense of your presence, Lord God. Help her. Put your words in her mouth, Lord God, if she's ever around her sons, yeah. maybe to witness to them, 
to say a gentle word, Lord God, a scripture, whatever it is, Father God. Use her in a mighty way in the lives of her sons. Make her a prayer warrior. If she is already a prayer warrior, make her an even stronger one, Lord God, as she intercedes and petitions and supplications for her two sons, Lord God. Bless this mom, Heavenly Father. Give her encouragement, strength, comfort, solace, perseverance, Lord God. Help her to stand firm in the faith and not get discouraged, Lord God. If she doesn't see the results right away, sometimes, Lord, the kids get worse before they get better, Lord God. So we vow, we pray for her that she doesn't get discouraged or disillusioned. Sometimes when your Holy Spirit's working, the person becomes more hostile. The enemy makes them more hostile. Mm -hmm. Encourage this mom so that she doesn't get discouraged, Lord God. The miracle is going to happen. We proclaim it. We thank you in the lives of her two sons and in this mom's life, Rose. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We call it into being. Thank you for deliverance, for salvation, for encouragement and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sister Rose, thank you so much for calling. And is there anything you want to share? Mm, No, not at this moment. Okay. Okay. Well, we welcome you to call in again anytime you need to. If you need to call in again, even during our podcast, if we go until 8 o'clock. If you need to call in again for a further prayer or if there's something you want to share, please call back in. Call in tonight or call in next Thursday, but we'd love to hear from you again. Okay, thank you. God bless you, Sister Rose. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay, well, we thank God for that phone call, and we should all continue to unite in prayer for this sister Rose and her two sons. We've reached a midway point of our podcast, and at this time we have a musical interlude. But we'll play these two musical numbers, and then we'll come right back with the remainder of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Stay tuned with us, and we will be right back.
grace still amazes me. You know, when I think of our prodigal sons and daughters, my prodigal son and daughter, as well as yours, said Sister Rose when she called in, I think about how often our prodigal sons and daughters can act out. Sometimes they are passively resistant to the gospel. They just don't have an interest in listening. They're polite, they're cordial, and they just 
decide that they don't want to hear it. It's all right for you and for me, but they're not ready yet. But there are prodigal sons and daughters who are openly hostile to the gospel. Paul hated the gospel, persecuted believers, killed them, held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. There are prodigal sons and daughters who are overtly hostile to the gospel. They not only don't want to hear it, but they react when any attempt is made to reach the gospel, to speak to them about the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ. And I firmly believe many times it's the enemy, demonic forces that are acting out within our prodigal sons and daughters, not to say necessarily that they're possessed, but these demonic forces are at work in blinding the eyes and closing the ears and the hearts of our prodigal sons and daughters. And many times the enemy will make them hostile to the gospel, react violently in verbal ways, hypothetically, cursing and screaming to be left alone. They don't want to hear it. Leave them alone. And so many times as prodigal parents, this kind of reaction can be disturbing to us. When we were talking to our sister Rose earlier, we lifted her up in prayer that God give her peace and God give her encouragement and God give her perseverance that she continued to stay strong. We don't know when God is going to move in the lives I believe he is always working. There is that song, that Christian song that says, even when I don't see him, he's working. I myself many times have doubted that God was working when I didn't see results. And there have been many occasions when I've become disappointed and discouraged. And I've asked God, when, when are you going to do this? I believe your promise, but when is it going to be fulfilled? And despite the way we're feeling, we have to respond by knowing, not by feeling, but by knowing that God is faithful. He hears our prayers and he is going to answer them in his time and in his way. In the meantime, I firmly believe that the way to maintain a peaceful and tranquil frame of mind is by meditating on the Word of God. The Word of God in Psalm 1 mentions that the righteous man meditates on the Word of God day and night. And because he meditates on God's Word, he's like a tree planted firmly by streams of water. Refreshment, stability, security, strength, endurance all can be found when your complete trust is placed in christ having confidence that he's in control now i'm not sharing that with you because i have arrived i am far from it i'm sharing this with you because i have not arrived i am on this journey with you of continued growth in trust 
and I make it a habit of never sharing anything that I have not personally experienced, whether it is a victory or a valley. And so I'm sharing these insights with you because I myself, as the parents of an unsaved, as as the father of an unsaved son and daughter, have at times been praying and interceding for them both, that God opens up both their eyes and save them both. And there have been occasions when I have been met with a hostile reaction. Just some disclosure. My son is more open to the gospel than my daughter. My son reads the Bible. In fact, he enjoys reading the Bible. And sometimes when I'm speaking to him on the phone, he likes discussing scripture. But he has not accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. He has never confessed his sins and surrendered his life fully to Christ. And so he's hinted around several times that he was not ready to do that as of yet. And so my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will continue to convict him and speak to him through the word that's already been planted in his heart, that it bear fruit, that the word fall on good ground, and that the enemy does not snatch it from him through pleasures or cares. And my daughter is more hostile to the gospel. She has been involved in Eastern religions and other philosophies. And she's a prime example of someone who believes there is a way that seems right on the surface. And she's also expressed some anger at God. She believes in God. She was raised in the church. So she knows about salvation, Christ, the rapture, the tribulation. And yet there are issues in her heart where she says she is not ready to surrender her life to Christ. She has doubts. She has bitterness when she sees many times the apparent injustice in the world. She wonders how God could allow it. And these questions are not wrong in themselves, but they're what keeping her from surrendering her life to Christ. As is the case with many prodigal sons and daughters, many of them want answers first. They want to know, if I'm going to surrender my life to Christ, I want to know this, or I want to know that. I assure you that this is a lie from the enemy to delay the process. Don't accept Christ yet. You need answers first. But we pray that the Lord soften the hearts of those prodigal sons and daughters who are hostile and whose hearts are hardened. To the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that salvation come to all of them. My prodigal son and daughter as well as yours. I've said in the previous podcast, you may be the brother or sister of a prodigal sibling. You came to Christ. You surrendered your life to Christ. Maybe you were both in church and there was an altar call. And you accepted Christ And your brother or sister did not heed the call. 
And sometimes that is what happens. One heeds the call and the other one does not. You know, the old time gospel songs, there was a song called, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. And it mentions two men walking up a hill. One disappears and one is left standing still. The rapture takes place and one is taken up and one is left behind. And so whether you're the brother or sister of a prodigal sibling or the caretaker or mom and dad of a prodigal child, whether they're a teen or an adult, we want them to be raptured with us and be with us in eternity, rejoicing before the Lord. We do not want anyone. The Bible makes it very clear that God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And it's with this promise in mind that we claimed victory for the salvation of Rose's two sons. The Lord takes no delight in the death of the wicked. He wants all to come to repentance. Nothing is impossible for God. It may seem that way. Your flesh may not believe it, and the enemy may whisper in your ear that it's not going to happen. It's too difficult. Give it up. Place your hopes in somebody who's worth saving and who appears to be open. People may be telling you, Christians can be a tremendous obstacle, believe it or not. Believers, fellow believers may say to you, your son and daughter is a tough nut to crack. They're not so sure that they are one of the elect or that they're going to come to Christ. This doctrine, this belief in election and predestination is a lie from the pit of hell. It is a heresy. Christ died for all, and all who call upon him can be saved. And so with this in mind, we remain steadfast and constant, praying without ceasing, continuing in prayer for our prodigal sons and daughters, that the Holy Spirit soften the hardened heart open the closed ears so that they'll listen and not resist and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're coming to the close of our hour-long podcast. But before we close out our podcast, I want to say a closing prayer for those of you who are listening and those who will be listening later on when you tune into the recording. And I want to focus this prayer on those of us who are parents and caretakers of prodigal sons and daughters. For strength and perseverance and continuation in the faith, that we not get discouraged. Join me in the closing prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time when we can share our burdens, our concerns, and our prayer requests for our prodigal sons and daughters. They may be teenagers, they may be adults, but they have not come to the faith, or they have, perhaps they have steered away from the faith, no longer having an interest in the things of God, preoccupied with things of the world. The flesh hungers for the things of the world, and the enemy can blind the eyes of these prodigal sons and daughters so that they don't accept you as their Lord and Savior. And so I lift up 
every caretaker and parent who is listening to this podcast and will be listening to it later, myself included, Lord, I pray for, that you encourage us when we get discouraged, that you strengthen us when our feeble hands grow weak, Lord. Help our hands remain up in the air like Moses, Lord God, when he was praying. His hands were held up in supplication, Lord God. Help us to remain steadfast, praying without ceasing, Lord God. When the enemy puts doubts in our minds and tries to discourage us by telling us it's not going to happen, give it up. They're too far gone. They're too hostile. They're too hardened. When the enemy whispers these things into our ears, Lord God, we rebuke the power of the enemy. We rebuke these thoughts, Lord God. Help us to focus on you your word, and your promise, Heavenly Father. You are faithful, and you will bring it to pass. Help us not to become discouraged by time, Lord. It may happen, as I've said many times, Lord God, your timing is perfect. You have the appointed time for the salvation of our sons and daughters. You have the perfect way of doing it, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to trust you to trust the process, the way you're going to do it, and most of all, to trust your timing, Lord God. And like that gospel song, Lord God, that you brought to my remembrance, Father, we are waiting on you, Lord. We are waiting. And while we are waiting for you, Heavenly Father, we will worship, we will serve you, and we will not faint, but stand firm in the faith that we will receive the promise of the salvation of our sons and daughters who have strayed. Nothing is too hard for you. We place them in your capable hands for salvation. We place ourselves in your hands, Lord God, for strength and encouragement, looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith, Heavenly Father. You'll bring it to pass. We just need to trust you. Remain steadfast and confident that you can do all things, nothing is too hard for you. We pray all these things, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast, this week's Parents of Prodigals podcast. And we pray that you tune in next Thursday at 7 p.m. And call in, perhaps, and share your insights, share your testimonies, share your burdens, share your prayer requests, share your thoughts, maybe even a scripture. Your testimony, your insights, and your thoughts may encourage someone who's listening, who needs the encouragement. The scripture makes it very clear in the book of Romans that we are to impart encouragement and strength to one another and so we thank you for tuning in and we hope that you tune in next thursday at the same time at 7 p.m for the next parents of prodigals podcast we pray that you all have a good blessed night sleep well in the master's arms he has everything under control god bless you and good night